I probably don't spend enough time on prayer or praying, but I do pray. I'd like to think that I'm constantly praying, but it's hard, you know, because we don't always get a response. Well, we're told that God always responds, but it's not always what we're expecting or when we are expecting it. I get that, but it's hard not getting an audible response. That's why sacraments are so good. They are a physical response to our action when normally there wouldn't necessarily be one. Why am I ranting about this, you're asking? Well, because there is nothing that bothers me more than when people don't respond to emails or text messages. Am I the only one bothered by this? Is it a millennial thing not to answer emails? Because every time I send an email, I expect a response. And every time I receive an email, I send a response. Even if I don't know the answer or have an answer, I will respond just to let the other person know that I have received the message. Isn't that the minimum we can do? Isn't that the basic respect? So back to prayer. Here's one for you to think about. How often do you respond when God speaks to you? So, as you ponder that one, make sure to respond to all the emails that come to you, especially if they are work-related, and especially if they come from me. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm Emily Callen. I'm Billy Chan. <laughs> I forgot to say. He forgot his last, last name. name. So, um, hello, we're back on, on Facebook Live. For those of you that are uh, watching us on Facebook, for if you're listening to us on the radio or on a podcast, you're obviously not watching us so maybe that's a good thing that they're not watching us um uh, in may you guys don't remember this but may was the month of mary 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 good and october is the month of the rosary, rosary. okay in may we pleaded for messages remember we were pleading like please write to us and and we got a few messages um and then i thought like maybe it was a mary thing because we got lots of messages that month and now it's october so it's kind of like a marian month so we should ask for for messages again. Maybe so Mary thing. Through the intercession some. of Mary, people will send us messages. And I will respond to messages, remember? Because <laughs> I just ranted about that. Um, so in particular, I wanted to let people know that um, thanks to Billy, this show is now available on iTunes, right? Yeah, it has been Billy. always. It, well, Kudos. No, I know, but it's like it's, like it's back yes. on iTunes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And, and I think it's good to remem- remind people because iTunes is great. You can just subscribe to the podcast. And you automatically download. And it downloads automatically. Yeah. And then while you're doing your ironing or Emily, while you're, you know, doing, brush, your, doing your hair or whatever, you can just listen to the <laughs> podcast. Um, and But, Billy, as you know, it's important that when people, if people are, are subscribed to the, a podcast on iTunes, they should write a review. Yes. And also giving those star or rating. You know? Yeah. How many stars? Um, you, as much. Five, five, I think. Five. Okay. Five. Good. Yeah. This one, you can only put five. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so if you, if you're following us, if you're, if you're subscribed to this podcast on iTunes, log in and go and give us a good review. Yeah. And a bunch of stars. It's a reply. It's a re- yeah, it is a re- yeah, it it's is our it's way of reply. knowing it that is. It is you're a there. It's like we're out there, mm. we're putting this out there, we're putting ourselves out there, yeah. and and uh, and and we need to know that somebody's <laughs> on the receiving yeah. end. Anyway, anyway, you can also share your thoughts with us. What's our email address? Radio at saltandlighttv.org, and also Othro also on Facebook <laughs> or Twitter. I'm at Deacon Pedro GM. I'm at Emmy Callen. 
B. Joe Chen. And B. Joe mm-hmm. Chen is Billy. So, Emily, today, what's uh, what's in our news today? Okay, I will again try to keep this brief to introduce the news. Uh, I'm going to talk about the general audience, um, this Wednesday's general audience, as well as... Um, we kind of already talked about this this summer, but now it's official. Um, the new U.S. ambassador to the Holy See and uh, the um, Franciscan uh, friars in the Holy Land celebrated okay. 800 years of presence oh, in wow. the Holy Land. So, That's yeah, great. So, all, so details mm-hmm. on all those stories coming up in like, I don't know, like two minutes, three minutes. Um, and then after that, Sister Marie Paul Curley is back. Yay! Yay. And she's, she's going to uh, tell us, actually, I'm not sure what films she, I think she's going to talk about superhero films. One, um, one, one, well, I don't know. I don't know. Wonder. She might talk about Wonder Woman. I'm a little I don't behind know. on my superhero movies, <laughs> I don't I know, but, but, uh, um, she might not, so I don't want to say, but, but she's always uh, fun and she always has something interesting to share about whatever movie she uh-huh. talks about. So that's in about 15 minutes. Um, and then after that, um, Billy. Yes. Billy. I cannot say that much today. But Billy has a question. There's a question, very important question, what is very it? He- heavy question. Okay. Yeah, it's about um, judgment. About judgment. Yes. So we will talk more about about this later. Okay. okay wow, that's uh, pretty heavy. I don't know what he, where he's going with that. <laughs> I'm glad um, I'm not a part of that he's conversation. He's trying to. <laughs> he's making eyes at me. <laughs> trying to get me to read his uh, his uh, his mind on that. So that's Billy Chan. In about, I don't know, I think that's in about 15 minutes. Sister Marie Paul is actually earlier in about five minutes after the news. Um, and do you guys... Um, <laughs> do you, you want g- to ask that question again? I want to ask this question. <laughs> no, I do. I, uh, no, I want to ask this question again. <laughs> okay. Do you guys like going to confession? I do and I don't. Why do, why, why do you um, and why don't you? Do because, um, because I know that it's a place where I can, uh, you know, Come come back to the Lord. I guess when I when I've okay, you know so it's, you, it's, so it's, it's like a, eating your vegetables. Like you you know it's good, it's for, good you, for you, but you don't necessarily want to eat that. Yeah, sprout. like I know my heart needs it. You know. Okay. Good. And yeah, okay. and I don't because sometimes there's things I just well, don't want to talk about, yeah, and I'm just kind of like I'm saying the same things yeah. over and no. over. And over okay. Again. okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. I have different level. Different level. I mean, you know, a I, lower level. I, no, or no. A higher I level? like. <laughs> I I hate to plan to go to confession. Okay. Okay. I really do not want to go. I mean, you know, in the beginning, I do not want, but so you. I love the feeling of completed a confession. Okay. 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 That's my my level. Okay. Yeah. No. Because I suppose that uh, yeah, I'm like with Emily here. Like, uh, like who wants to tell somebody else all the stuff that you did that you shouldn't have done? Um, But I think we all appreciate that there is a purpose and that it's yeah. good for us you know it's like taking the laundry to the laundromat mm-hmm. right maybe you don't want to like, wash the laundry but but after that it's nice clean clothes clean clothes you know <laughs> smelly clothes anyway yeah. but do you ever wonder what confession is like for the priest because that's probably not fun it's a bit boring I think you I've think heard, it's boring I, I don't know like I've heard that it's an honor actually for like some priests have said you know I it's a privilege to be able to have so much um like insight and to to have people's confidence. Well, Father Michael um, Prior, I'm mm-hmm. holding his book here in my hand. He says, "I have always loved to hear confessions." Yeah, that doesn't um, surprise me. Really, really, it surprised me. Yeah, because you get to like you actually get to help people get closer to Christ. Yes, like and I get that. So it's yeah. like the same thing. It's like the end of it. I think that they feel like, "Wow, I've done it." But actually, to slosh through it, it's like, "Oh, I need to hear people confessing the same things over and over again." And yeah. sometimes things that are really not really sins. 
like scrupulous <laughs> people that are keep confessing the same thing over and over yeah. again. It's like, really? Didn't you confess that yesterday? I think that you're good. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there are some priests out there who are listening who might want to uh, write to us. Reply us. <laughs> reply <laughs> and, and, and let us know what they think. But anyway, the reason why, so I'm holding this book. It's a heavy book. It's mm. called The Art of the Confessor. But you know, can I I'm ask, ask him? Yeah, yeah, Because just on that, because I was, I had a thought one time where I was like, I'm glad I'm, I'm not the priest in confession. Okay. Uh. Because I think that it would be very emotionally draining. Yeah, I, I think, think so. it would be actually yeah, very hard. You have You're to right. Be present. I can yeah. see why he would love it, but then, but then, it's like, but man, that'd be so hard, like to. Well, can you imagine, to like, have to carry like all we that. hear stories about some like great confessors. Yeah. I don't know John Vianney or John Chrysostom or whatever that would like hear confessions for like ten hours a day. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that would be yeah. super draining. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, Father Michael Prior of Saint Peter's Seminary in London just wrote this book, The Art of the Confessor, and he's going to be here in the studio with us. Um, to tell us all about it. So that's going to be uh, in our second half hour. So I'm looking forward to having, maybe we'll do some role playing with Father Mike about <laughs> confession. Um, it's, it's a bit of a how-to book. So um, I hope that there are priests out there that are listening. Um, and then at the end of the show, we have Matt Marr is going to be here because he has a new album, Echoes. And uh, he's going to be here to tell us all about it and to tell us what's new in his life. Um, if you don't know who Matt Marr is, you need to stay tuned. Um, but I'm sure most of you know who Matt is. So we're all excited that he has a new album. It's great music as always. Um, so that's worth sticking around for at the end of the program. Um, and if you cannot, you always remember that you can go to our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio, and you can download our podcast, the show from there on demand. Also, you can subscribe on iTunes and you can listen to it over and over and over and over and over again. Um, so anyway, why don't we start with a song? Uh, as we always do, here is uh, Matt Marr with Faithfulness from his new album, Echoes. In the breakers that's on my faith, God my rock and God my hope, you will prevail. You're the constant in a sea of change. What you've done and what said will never fade What you've done and what you've said will never fade Great is your faithfulness Great is your faithfulness Always and
with Faithfulness from his new album, Echoes. And we're going to be speaking with Matt Marr at the end of the program. And in about 10 minutes, what is judgment, according to Billy? Um, he's going to ask a question about judgment in uh, Church for Dummies. But first, here's Emily with our news. Yeah, so I'm going to start with the general audience. So last Wednesday, um, I really expected Pope Francis at this point to stop his series on Christian hope because he kind of goes through these cycles once in a while. He's been doing it for a long time. He's been doing it for a very long time. It's been close to a year now. (laughs) So still doing his catechesis on Christian hope. Um, But of course, very relevant. And um, this past week, he spoke particularly about hope in the face of death. So not a a very light topic, um, but he was talking talking about how essentially very basically that Jesus is the one who can help us face the mystery of death right. and so whether that be um, in the face uh, you know when we're, we're faced with the death of a loved one um, mourning is is normal and sadness is normal but um, but in those times Christ always remains close like he did with Lazarus mm-hmm. um, as we see in the Gospels right but Jesus doesn't only mourn he also prays for Lazarus and calls him out of the tomb right, right. so he says um, you know and when we die our hope Hope is also in Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life, and who will also, he said, uh, right. the Pope said, yes. you know, call us out of the tomb, right? Yes. Um, so just that's that was his his message this week. Um, of course, you can read the general audience in full on our website, saltandlighttv.org, or you can go to the Vatican website as well. But it's 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 available. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Um, second piece of news. So I was mentioning there is um, officially uh, an officially official nomination. Sorry for the U.S. ambassador to the Holy See. Right. So Calista Gingrich, um, the Senate confirmed her nomination this past Monday, and she'll probably be presenting her credentials to the Vatican soon, mm-hmm. as, as ambassadors do. Now, uh, um, Mrs. Gingrich is Catholic, which I discovered is actually not a criteria not a criti- not to be an ambassador to yeah. the Holy See. Yep. Um, but she is Catholic, and she's a parishioner at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in, in Washington, Washington. And she's even part of the choir there. So she's been there wow. for, yeah, quite a some time. A singing ambassador. A singing ambassador. She even studied music. Um, oh, so, yes. Uh, and, uh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, and and uh, she, you know, in July when, when this was coming up and, and we were talking about her nomination, she, she said that one of her reasons for, for wanting to, to work um, for the Vatican uh, was her concern for the protection of religious freedom, human rights, uh, fight against terrorism and human trafficking, um, and also finding peaceful solutions to hmm. international crisis and addressing environmental issues. Um, right. And uh, she's the third woman to become ambassador That's great. to the Holy See. That's great. U.S., sorry, U.S. Yes, ambassador. Yes, Third of woman, American. Um, finally, or almost finally, yes. uh, I was mentioning uh, the Franciscan, the Franciscans in the Holy Land are celebrating eight, eight years hun- of presence. Eight hundred. <laughs> eight years. They've only been there for eight, eight years. Yeah, exactly. Eight hundred years. Eight hundred years of presence. Yes. So um, Francis of Assisi sent friars on missions for the first on mission to the Holy Land for the first time yeah. in May of. 1217 yes and uh and 100 years later is when pope clement VI officially declared them custodians of holy sites right um and today they uh, still are yeah. they still are so they're they serve not only um in israel and, and palestine and jordan which are kind of the common areas that we think of mm-hmm. when we think of the 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 franciscans um, but they're also present in syria lebanon uh some parts of egypt cyprus and the greek yeah. island of rhodes um and so pope francis sent a letter to the franciscan uh, custodians of the Holy Land and just recognize their contribution over these 
centuries. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, and saying that they yeah they're you know they they are custodians to the holy site, but they also help pilgrims. They work mm-hmm. with the sick, the poor, the elderly. Um, and so, yeah, they do very good work over there. Absolutely. And if anybody has ever been to the Holy Land, I mean, they're there. Like you see the Franciscans. Totally. Sometimes they're not the most cheerful ones, but (laughs) they're there um, taking care of the Holy Sites. And then you said you wanted to have, you had one more piece of news. Yeah, well, final announcement really has to do with Salt and Light. Drum roll. Drum roll. Yeah. Um, On uh, Sunday, this Sunday. The 22nd of October. The 22nd of October at 7.30 p.m. 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. Uh, We will be airing our forum on youth, faith, and vocational discernment. So this is something that we filmed with groups of young people from across Canada. Um, It was a a big production, and we're really excited to to show, to air this on Salt and Light. It'll be in English at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and uh, in French at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, And it's all, it's basically, it's a conversation with um, Cardinal Kevin Farrell, who's the prefect for the decastry. Yeah, our guest on the show last week. Life, family, and Mm -hmm. the lady, which I totally mixed all those words up. But anyways, they're there. family and life. Yes. Yeah. So he's the yeah. guest, and well, anyway, and you're hosting with Julian with Paparella, Julian Paparella and, uh, and Father Thomas Rizikar. Yeah, we, we've yeah. talked about this program uh, for the last couple of weeks, um, and but you know what? A lot of our listeners are not in our broadcast area, but you can go to our website, saltandlighttv.org, yes. and you can watch it on that website. It will probably be there forever on demand, so you can watch it over and over and over exactly again and send in comments too and send in comments because Mm -hmm. we clearly I think that people should get it by now that we like comments (laughs) Um, so send us your comments tell us what you think if you think it was bad tell us if you think it was great tell us also thank you Emily Emily Callan our news producer you can follow her at Emmy Callan hi this is Matt Marr you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro I'm Deacon Pedro. You can reach me on Facebook or Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back to the program. I was going to, I guess it's been, we haven't spoken to you since, since before the summer. So happy summer. Thank Happy you. back, back to the to the to the grind. Oh, but I'm I love fall. But I have to say, uh, the, both this summer and this fall, there was there have been some really, and there still are some great movies out so there. So, did you get to watch a lot of movies over the summer? Actually, not too many. But because it's taken me so long to get on Salt and Light Radio yeah. Hour, I actually have a nice list that okay. I love to just share before we jump into the real the films I wanted to discuss. For today. sure, yeah. I thought I could just mention a couple. Number one, if you like independent films, uh, definitely go to see The Florida Project. Okay. It's in theaters right now. It's a very small independent film. It's uh, It does have uh, at least one big star in it, Willem Dafoe. Uh-huh. But it's, it's a slice-of-life film from a child's perspective, okay. it's really a sense of walking in another's shoes, the people who are right on the edge of homelessness. It's so well done. Oh, I know what this movie is. Yes. Uh, my yes. gosh, it's so, okay. so, it's it is so good. well done. Okay, yes, I know which one it is. And uh, also A Quiet Passion, which is a biopic of Emily Dickinson, uh-huh. uh, who, of course, is a New England poet, and I'm from this er- the area of New England, so yeah. I especially enjoyed that. Uh, I've also watched uh, All Saints, which is a really a family uh-huh. Christian film, which stars um, Corbett, John Corbett. Yeah, it's the story of Pastor Michael Spurlock. It's it's already been in the theaters, but it's releasing digitally at the end of November. So you might want to keep an eye out okay. for that. Yeah. And of course, there's The Shack, 
Um, yes. I've heard really good things about The Case for Christ, although I didn't get to see it Yeah, yet. I was going to go see it, and then I did. I went to see It instead. <laughs> oh, no, really? <laughs> well, you know, I was with my nephew, so it was either The, the Case okay. for Christ All or right. It. Your nephew totally gets you off the hook. Okay. <laughs> and the other uh, movie I just wanted to highlight, which I, you probably you may have talked about with your viewers, bef- uh, your listeners yeah. before, is The Star, the animated Christmas story that's coming out. Okay, no. So that looks like it's going to be really good. Good. Okay, we're going to leave that there because you have about a minute to talk about the film you want to highlight. So, oh, no. So you're okay, gonna, what, so what's the movie you want to highlight? I actually wanted to kind of compare okay. some superhero movies that have come out. All right. Uh, you know, the trend over the past year, a couple of years, has been just getting darker and darker with, like, the Batman versus Superman yeah. movie, the Deadpool movie. Yes. The Netflix movies um, yes. have, are quite dark, although there's a lot of redeeming facts. Uh, uh, features to those to those series. Yes. However, the latest two uh, theatrical releases, Wonder Woman and Spider-Man: Homecoming, okay. are both going back to a real comic book type of mm-hmm. approach, where we're looking at a true heroic journey. We're not so much looking at anti-heroes or such a grim situation that all you can see is grittiness. But we're looking, and we're also looking at less violence, I think, overall. I mean, they're still very violent. It's fairly comic book violence. But there's less violence. It's less um, It's less sensational violence, I would say, and more about special effects. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked aspects of Wonder Woman, and not just the, the special effects and the superb acting, but it's also the first superhero film directed by a woman. Yes. And it's also the first superhero film that I've seen on a big screen that is about a superhero who's a woman. Um, And I like the fact that they don't just turn her into a woman who's like a man. You know, she has, she brings a strong, compassionate, gentle, and peace-loving sense. Um, I also really love the fact that her view of humanity, which she's very disillusioned. She comes from this ideal place with the Amazons, and she comes into contact with humanity and she sees humanity and all their brokenness, but then she sees past that, and it's that ability to see the gift of love, so much more is what she calls it, mm-hmm. uh, that really transforms her relationship with humanity and kind of resolves the whole conflict of the film. So uh, it's not a perfect film, but I really liked it for that. Yes. And Spider-Man Homecoming, just to say briefly... I really didn't think we needed another Spider-Man movie. <laughs> I'm with you there, yeah. But it works really well. Really? His the personal growth, the hero's journey through the film is immediately identifiable. Though I love the fact that Iron Man is mentoring Peter Parker. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't ask for two more opposite characters. Right. But also, Spider-Man's decision that violence is not the answer. Like mm. he really goes for integrity and doing the right thing brings a whole, I think it makes the film very accessible to teens and preteens. So, good. I, it, you know, they're Christ figures. Uh, they both bring this strong sense of Christian values, even though we don't know where they're getting their Christian values from. I mean, mm-hmm. that's something that needs to be discussed in another episode. Yeah. But, um, but both are interesting. 
PG-13, definitely. I found Spider-Man a good bit lighter, and I would go with a younger audience Mm -hmm. with that, Uh, whereas uh, Wonder Woman has a lot of sexual innuendos. Yes. So it was a little, I think it's for a little more of an older audience. But both are good for the teenage audience if you love comic book movies. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, I I did watch Wonder Woman with my son, and... uh, uh, but I haven't watched uh, Peter. Uh, I was going to say Peter Pan, uh, <laughs> Spider Man, Peter Parker. But uh, you've convinced me to go watch it. So that, and then this whole list of other movies that I'm going to put on our site. But uh, people can always go to your website, yeah. And uh, your reviews are there, and you can also uh, find out what movies are good to watch. Uh, thank you, sister. Oh, thank you so much, Deacon Pedro. It's a joy to be with you. And as always, I'm praying for your, for you all that you do at Salt and Light, and uh, and especially for the listeners. Thank you, sister. Thank you. Sister Marie Paul, uh, she's with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com, and you can also follow her on Twitter at Sister M. Paul. Hey, everybody, it's Marie Miller, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You can listen to this program again at saltandlighttv.org slash radio or download the podcast off iTunes. Now it's time for... Church for Dummies. With Billy Chan, who wants to talk about judgment. You know, when I say judgment... It sounds pretty heavy. It sounds very heavy. But you know, actually, actually... Actually. I want to talk about what is discernment. But when I talk about judgment, it's... Oh! You, You know, you understand what I mean? I get it. That's so I, funny. I want to judge. You know, what is my judgment of my Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I thing. get it. I so, get it. okay, let's talk about discernment. Okay, discernment is a word. First of all, I don't know if you know how to spell it because <laughs> I don't even know how to spell discernment. Um, it's a word that the church uses. I don't know if anybody else uses it, um, but but it's a word that is not just a church word. Discernment means to, to, to make a difference between two things. Yes. Like to distinguish between two things. To decide. To decide. Uh-huh. To, 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 uh, yeah, to decide, distinguish between two different things. So when we talk about discernment in the church context, we're talking about uh, making a prayerful decision with God in, in the mix. You know, when we talk about discernment, we always think about, uh, uh, you know, we, we want to... It's a process, you know. Yes. As a as a Catholic or yes, Christian, it is. it's a process to ask God to give us direction. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you know, two questions here. One is how to do it. The other one is how can I get it. So it's a it's a ask and get process. Ah, I find. this you is the theme I mean? of the show. You yeah. ask and you get a response. Um, ha, see, I I can help you with the first part of that question. I'm not sure if I can help you with the second one. But let's let's start with <laughs> let's start with uh, with the process. Okay. So, so. um, it, I think like with anything, if you're making a huge decision in life, you want to buy a house, let's say, or you want to mm-hmm. get married. That's not a decision that you make. Overnight, you don't wake up one day. It's like today I'm going to buy a house and spend five hundred thousand dollars on a house, right? It's a decision that takes research. It takes time. So that's the same thing with any discernment, anything, anything that's important enough that it's a de- like you don't go to the grocery store and discern what which cereal you're going to buy because that's not important. We discern things that are important. So because they're important, we want God to be part of that decision. That makes sense. So you're okay. planning. He's a he's so a you're planning. planning exactly. Okay. So and I would say 
uh, that time time is what it is so you give yourself time um, you do research you ask around like I think part of discernment means talk to your friends talk to your wife talk to your parents talk to people that you trust to, so that you, you ha- so you can ba- make a, 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 an informed decision and of course bring it to prayer which is, is part of that process as well so let's take an example you know you've, okay. you've, uh, you've, uh, you've a student a uh, boy um, or a man um, met a girl Okay. You know, and uh, he wants to know if the girl, you know, if if I want to take the girl as um, as my girlfriend or you know. Okay. Okay. You know, so so if if we take this as an example, do we need to plan it? How can we cannot plan I, I it? I think right? that I think that but I don't know. See, planning is yes. not the word that I would use. Okay. But it is. Okay. A, it's it's the right word. Okay. You need to be intentional about it mm. because it's important. So anything. So yes, if I'm interested in a in a in a girl. I'm I'm going to plan. I'm going to be like, okay, well, first of all, am I interested or not? Uh-huh. Um, what am I interested in? Do I want this to be a long-term thing or is this a friendship? Do I like her? Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you're going to ta- ask her out. You have to plan. So you have to, uh. right? There has to be some sort of intentionality. What is? What do I expect out of this date if I'm going to ask her out to dinner or to see a movie or, or to walk in the park? So, so there is some planning there. Um, but it's the same thing, right? It's It's what am I hoping to get out of this? What, uh, um, is it a, how do I approach it? Maybe I need to talk to some people first. Do you know her? Mm. Do you not know her? Get more information. Um, get more information. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe the more information is just you go out with her and you get to know her. Okay. And then, but you don't marry her the next day. You're, you're discerning marriage. You're not discerning whether you're going to yes. go on a date. You discern marriage. So then, you know, and we, a year, two and years, three years, four years, I don't know, together you discern And marriage. we also put God in the middle, right? And so we pray, in the middle, pray you bring, about it. And you bring God into the mix. Okay. That's always Okay. Easy. So, you know, I think next time I will ask you about how can I get it? Okay, that's it. So how we can get discernment <laughs> and, and the, the connection with judgment. It's yes. good. So how to have good judgment about things. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, good. The good question about discernment. If you know how to spell it, please email us and spell <laughs> the word discernment and see if you got it right. Great. Um, Billy Chan, he's a seasoned radio host and the webmaster here at Salt and Light TV. Um, you can follow him at B. Joe Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, The Art of the Confessor, and we catch up with Matt Marr. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Now, nobody likes to go to confession. Even people who say that confession is good and a great gift and who regularly go find it hard. I mean, really, who wants to go and tell someone else all the stuff that they've done wrong? But have you ever thought what it is like for priests to hear confessions? Well, I have. And so I'm very happy to have with me Father Michael Prieur, who just wrote a book called The Art of the Confessor, a vademecum for seminarians and priests, Father Mike, welcome to the Sultan Light <laughs> Hour. Good to be on the program. Okay, I, I have to ask you about Vade That's Mecum. right. That's right. <laughs> it's a technical term, but I use it deliberately. Uh, it means uh, go with me. So be my commel. Vade Mecum. Vade Mecum. And Rome often uses that for particular kinds of documents to accompany. So it's like a guide? A guide. An, an accompanying. An accompanying. An accompanying. Yes, so right. is it, is it, did you put that in there partly so that 
we know that it's a technical book? It is, and I got because it is a textbook for it seminarians. Textbook, yes. Oh, it is, and so uh, and for priests as well. So I don't apologize for that. Right. Uh, so it, it's a word, but once you have the word, it's it's a good word to use for what Absolutely. this book is. Absolutely, and yes. we'll talk about that right. now. Um, why I know you taught the course for many years, yes, almost you, fifty years. Fifty years. So you used to teach seminarians how, how to, to hear, hear confessions. confessions. That's right. And the name of the course is The Art, the of, Art the... of the Confessors. was my term, too. Why art? Art, because it's a skill. You have to have the knowledge, but you're stick handling with people and St- their individual circumstances. Right. That takes an art okay. how to do this. Is there an art? Because I would have thought that it would be the art of confessions and not the art of the actual no, confessor. No, no, no. I'm talking about the priest hearing confession. Yeah. I use an image there. We yes. have to stick handle yes. with people. If you play I, hockey, I love that, 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 that image. speak yes. you right away. I've, of course, of course. Now, uh, let, let's talk about the person going to confession first. Why is it that people find going to confession so hard? It's difficult to say things that we're embarrassed about. And yeah. some of our sins are quite embarrassing. But the reality is, once we get the inside out, we feel tremendous relief. Yes. It's extremely therapeutic. Yes. And I've heard this huge, <sighs> yeah, a thousand pounds are off their shoulders. Finally, they got it out. Why, right. And and let me say this: God doesn't need confession. We do. Right. It's a human thing. And I think the best example of that is Alcoholics Anonymous mm-hmm. and the famous fifth step mm-hmm. when they got to go and make this huge inventory of what they've done wrong right. as part of their healing. It's difficult, but when they're done, they just, they just feel got it remarkably off. well. Are there are there misconceptions about the sacrament of reconciliation, which is also what it, uh, the sacrament is called, the sacrament of reconciliation? That's are there right. some misconceptions about confession that you think also prevent people from going? Oh, sure. Uh, is the priest going to third degree me, for example? <laughs> right. eh? That's right. Everybody's afraid of that. Yeah. And Pope Francis has said, don't make the confessional into a torture chamber. Yes. And so my criteria for that when people say, how much do I need to say, is very simple. What will give you peace? Right. What will give you peace? And so some people say, well, how far do I have to go to describe how this? How many details? What yeah. will give you peace? Right. And then when they do that, you can see the peace coming into them. Mm-hmm. That's a good guide. Um, do you, you you also in the book uh, since you mentioned the torture chamber? You you in the book you you have some some no nos. Oh yes, oh yes. So there's some things that a priest should not do during oh, confession. Oh, right. Never say you did what. <laughs> That's a big no no. And unfortunately, there there's stories of some priest doing that. Yeah. Or you know, third degreeing somebody. You know. Yeah. Um, actually questioning too much. Right. These are no-nos. And Pope, uh, I got those from uh, St. John Paul John II, Paul II, the no-nos. Yes. He had about 10 of them. Right. Never, 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 he said. Okay, good. So so there's some things that, that the confessor shouldn't do. Um, you also say that you love hearing confessions. Are confessions hard for a priest, though? Well, let's put it this way. Uh, you go in, you always pray before you begin. Mm-hmm. And remember, the primary person working here is the Holy Spirit. Right. So it's the Holy Spirit, and I can feel the presence. Sometimes people say things, what can I say about that? I, and I have one simple prayer, come Holy Spirit, three words. Right. Amazing what will come. Yes. And it, when I'm finished, I say, Father, that was very helpful. 
And that's what they needed to hear. And probably. I say, yes. Word of, uh, thank you, Holy yes. Spirit. Yes. So the Holy Spirit is really working there. So while it's difficult, nevertheless, very rewarding. Do you feel, do you end up as a priest? Do you feel that you're, you're taking on weight or is it easy for you to kind of close the door and let it go? Well, what you have to do, and that's what I tell the students, after you're finished, you kneel before the Blessed Sacrament huh. and dump. Yes. Uh, and you have to do that, mm. you know. I call that decontaminating. Yes. And, you know, in the care, in the uh, high-risk professions and that, they have to decontaminate too. Right. Debriefing, it's called. Yes. Well, we dump it before right. our Lord. Because I can't go and talk about what was said to me mm-hmm. unless it's a situation where I got their permission to ask about or a generic way. Right. Because I cannot identify the sin with the sinner. Right. That violates the yeah, seal of confession. Yeah. I can't do that. No. But generically, I say, gee, I didn't know how to handle a particular area like scrupulosity uh, here. I didn't quite know. Yeah. I got some advice. I, I could check that out. Yeah. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned scrupulosity because you have a whole section on the I book do. about scrupulosity. I do. So what is scrupulosity? What does that refer to? It's called the doubter's disease. Uh-huh. And it's where you think serious things are more serious or little, uh, so you're going to hell. You didn't quite say all your sins in confession. If you're a worker and you're supposed to do 100 pieces an hour, you'll do 110 pieces. Right. And drive your, your working partners crazy. Yes. You're a, you're a perfectionist. So these are people that may might com- go to the same, confess the same sin over, over and over again? Over and over again. Okay. Was I really forgiven? Did I really say my penance? Right. Did I really doing enough? And really, it's an idea that God is almost a taskmaster mm. waiting to get you. Mm-hmm. So it's a concept of God they have in their mind as a grim, rigid counter God. In cases like that, do you think that, do you, and maybe in general, but that's a good example that you might find that sometimes people need more than just confession, that maybe they need spiritual direction or therapy. Or counseling. Yeah. Because it's related to obsessive compulsion. Yeah. Uh, syndrome. Yeah. OCD. It's yes. related. They're not necessarily the same. Uh-huh. Uh, and I... I Yes. Go into that quite a little bit in technical detail here. In the book, yeah. So we don't make that mistake. Yeah. But nevertheless, it is there. And so people are fear of germs, for example. Right. Oh, germs everywhere, you know. Yes. And I'll say, well, how often did you actually get sick from doing this? Well, not much or never. Yeah, exactly. See what I mean? Yeah. But they're convinced they're going to get that disease or So whatever. you can help them with that. Now, another section uh, that you have in the book, which I did not expect, was a whole section on evil. Exactly. Why is that in there? It's in there because evil is very much with us. Yes. And good examples are, well, President Trump referred to it about the Vegas situation recently the when shooting. he said, yeah. it's evil. Yes. I couldn't agree more. And maybe that man is possessed. I don't know what made him do it. But what he did was evil. It's horrendous yes. what yes. he did. What happens is some of these uh, ethnic cleansing things, evil. Yes. Pornography, evil. There's a, It's around us. Mm-hmm. And also... Things like Ouija boards and fortune telling and whatnot. Don't mess with the devil. Right. Well, there's a wonderful book that I refer to in my book um, called Manual of Minor Exorcisms for the Use of Priests, published uh, by the Australians with official approval. Yes. Talks about a lot of these things that we can do in praying with a penitent Mm -hmm. short of an official exorcism needing the permission of the bishop. So you could do that in the context of confession You could do it in confession, just a little prayer for deliverance, a little prayer that that spirit bothering them will be taken away. Mm We've got to remember, we're dealing with a sacrament and we got the power of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And there's no match between evil and Jesus Christ. Do you ever find that 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 can go also with the sacrament of the 
sick or that you're in reconciliation yes. you say, you know what, I need to celebrate yes. another sacrament yes. here? Yes, there's a whole area here. Pornography is a good example. And I, I say, because it's a disease. The, the sacrament of the sick can help them. It's an addiction. Yeah. And addictions fit under this particular sacrament, which we didn't used to do. It was no. always danger of death. Yeah. But for the first thousand years in the history of the church, we were uh, anointing people for everything. The church right. was generous yeah. with the use of this sacrament. Yeah. Wow. We could spend uh, probably a whole hour talking about this. And, and I, I'm going to direct people to some interviews that we're doing with Father Michael uh, for our TV stations. You can always find out more about this at saltandlighttv.org. Um, this book is a great book. It's not just for priests and seminarians. It's for everyone. Well, people will buy it. You know, yes. When you publish, it's out there. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. But, it, but, it, don't, but it, it is a textbook. And I like it because it looks like a textbook. You don't have to read it from beginning color, to end. You can color, color, pictures. Lots of color, it, lots oh. of uh, art. It, it's it, of course there's art you published it um, so um, it's called The Art of the Confessor and it's published by you Michael Prior that's right it's self-published okay so if people are interested in this book they just have to email Father Mike uh, his last name is P-R-I-E-U-R Prior I'm going to put that on, on our website so you can find it easily but you can email him at prierpublications at gmail.com, prierpublications at gmail.com if you're interested in getting this book or if you want to give it to your priest. And it costs $35. <laughs> it's that $35 Canadian. HST, by the way. Canadian. There, there you go, Canadian. So that's um, it. So we're going to leave it there, but I'm sure that this is going to uh, be of interest to a lot of our listeners. Father Mike, thank you for being with us I'm in the program I'm happy I was able to do this. God bless you. Thank Father you. Michael, uh, Father Michael Prier is a formal pro former professor at St. Peter's Seminary and King's College in London, Ontario. He now continues as a spiritual director at the seminary. He's authored many books, and as we mentioned, his latest is The Art of the Confessor of Vademecum for Seminarians and Priests, and you can get that by emailing him, prierpublications at gmail.com. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, Matt Marr, with Your Love Defends Me from his new album, Echoes. You are my joy my song You are the well The one I'm drawing from You are my refuge My whole life long Where else would I go Surely my God is the strength of my soul Your love defends me Your love defends Today 
That was Matt Marr with Your Love Defends Me from his new album, Echoes. Now, I'm not sure if Matt Marr needs much of an introduction, and and probably the less I spend talking about him, the more we can spend talking to him. So here (laughs) with me is eight-time Grammy-nominated artist Matt Marr, who has just released his sixth studio album titled Echoes. Matt, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you so much for having me, Pedro. There you go. See, I don't have to introduce you. We can talk more. Um, um, echoes. Why? I just read because I have to do research when I when I do interviews because I'm a professional. Um, the album is about suffering. Well, the album the album is sort of a it, it the context, I guess, in some ways, or the I, maybe the antagonist is of the album is suffering. Um, the the question you know, that I like to say, you know, sort of in the rabbinical tradition, you know, okay. they ask lots of questions. Okay. The question is, how do, how do you respond to suffering? Okay. And how do you pass on and reflect things that have eternal weight to them in the light of human suffering? Um, so a response to suffering. Yeah, yeah. It it it, it really a lot of these songs um, were written just prior to uh, a period of time, but sort of in the climate of the world in which we're all living. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking a lot about you know coming off my last record, Saints and Sinners. Um, I was actually really gearing towards writing an album of songs exploring the nature of what does it mean to protest or to right. stand up for your faith uh-huh. and how do you do that in a way that reflects Jesus uh-huh. and um, and my dad passed away in the in the month of March oh, and wow. so Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. thank you uh, it, it just took on a more personal dimension in the sense of um, there were uh, a lot of the songs that I realized that I had recorded uh, or that I'd written. Sorry, there there was a, there were some songs that sort of spoke of God's faithfulness and God's you know sort of constant constancy or consistency in yeah. the midst of pain and suffering. And what I realized was those were the songs that I found myself clinging to. Um, as I was grieving the loss of my father, right. It, uh, I realized that these were the songs that I think I needed in some ways put out first, mm-hmm. because and um, and rightfully so, because I just think more than ever before, um, humanity is sort of at a crisis of not knowing how to deal with suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you find meaning in the midst of it? How do you find purpose in the midst of it? I mean, even today, Canada mourns the loss of one of its Gord- great songwriters, Gordon Downey, Downey yeah. from the Tragically Hip, yeah. who passed away from brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the Hip's last show, which I, as a good Canadian, did, yeah. <laughs> um, and you, like, the very last song, they sang Grace too, which I thought was, was a fitting title as a last thing to put out to the world. Obviously, I'm coming from a different context because of my faith. Yeah. 
but just there was this one moment where he just sort of yelled out loud. He was just sort of screaming, and uh, and I I just found myself you know empathizing with that yell mm-hmm. in the sense of like, and I think we all do because suffering is something that it's inescapable from every human person. I mean, John Paul II, he talks so much about this that, yeah. you know, yeah, suffering is something that everybody goes through and, it's, and yeah. you're knowing res- yeah. how do how do you respond to that in faith? Yeah. And it's, I mean, you're, you're right that it's been such a rough year. I, my, my mom also died this year in July. Um, wow. And I know so many people that have lost a parent this year. It's just, but then you've got hurricanes and earthquakes and, um, a refugee crisis and it's easy to get depressed about that um, but yeah. the, but our faith response is that there's there's meaning in suffering and that's hard to that's a hard conversation to have with someone who has no faith even people that have faith it's a hard conversation to have absolutely it's sort of an undiscovered country yeah 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 so so, so echoes really became a project about that about trying to respond to yeah. that in a personal way in a corporate way um i think it's still echoes to some of the i mean <laughs> it's, uh, <yeah. laughs> no pun intended yes I, I tip, it tips its hat towards some of some of the angst that we find i think particularly the deluxe edition you know there's a song in there called picket sign yeah yeah i was going to ask you but, about that because that sounds like pro- protest um yeah i mean it you know, it's really the uh, the way I've said it is that the the the, the cross has a two dimensions. It has a vertical and a horizontal dimension. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, Jesus' death on the cross it represents God's protest against death itself. True, true. Only He lifts up Himself. Yeah. He raises up His own, you know, His Son. And the vertical dimension is us being reconciled with God. But this horizontal dimension, which is so important, I think especially in the day and age in which we live, is mm-hmm. how does the death and resurrection of Jesus move us or provoke us to be reconciled with our brother? Yeah. With our sister. With well, the stranger. Yeah. We could we could spend a whole hour talking about this. The the, the, the <laughs> paradox no, the paradox that God's as you put it, God's protest against death. God but at the same time teaching us that there's value to suffering. I mean, Jesus always went yes. out to, to heal people, to help them in their suffering, but at the same time, we're being told that it's okay to suffer. Um, that's well, whole, yeah. yeah. Jesus teaches us to embrace death, not not to run from it. No. I mean, that's in some ways how he how he protests it, is... By embracing it, You know, it, yeah. John Chrysostom talks about, you know, Jesus destroyed death by dying. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, why why echoes? Well, I think it was this whole idea of it came from a book by N. T. Wright, who's an Anglican theologian, who said that as the book was called Simply Christian, but he said it's it is a very it, it reminded me a lot of John Paul II. There was a it was actually World Youth Day in Toronto, two thousand two. Oh yeah. The famous quote, It is Jesus you seek when you dream of happiness. Yes. Yes. Um He's huh. the voice you hear that sort of whispers dreams in your ear and desires to mm-hmm. make your life something count for something more. Hmm. Um, N.T. Wright said it's something similar when he said, like, we hear echoes of a voice who calls for the wrong things to be made right. Right. And uh, and so 
so and I think in some way because I think I was it was a play on the sense of um, we communicate more and more these days by re resharing and reposting and retweeting thoughts and ideas that other people say that somehow we emotionally agree with or it we read something and we go that's how I feel and we just turn around and share it yeah and so um, I think that was an, and, and I was thinking about how you know I'm a parent and now I'm a dad and I have, five, I have three kids yeah and they learn how to talk by repeating mm-hmm. what they hear yeah and so um, it sort of became this thing of like what are we repeating into the world mm-hmm. with our voices mm-hmm. you know what do you echo into the world right right yeah it's a... and I, I, I do think it's important because I think more than ever not just what we say but how we say it mm-hmm. is incredibly important yeah absolutely um, it's a great album I, I one of the things I like the most of it is that you think that it's you're, you're done and there's like six more tracks than, than you expect <laughs> so it's great there's like 16 tracks it's, it's a wonderful so so I would like to encourage people to, to hear I mean all this conversation that we've been having is background I don't know if people hearing the music will start thinking about suffering but maybe um, but it, it's such a it's 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 there's so much there um, uh, we have about 30 seconds Matt I want you to you're in the middle of a tour right now with Chris Tomlin um, and then you're going to be in, in North Carolina and in Texas and in South Carolina, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. I mean, all, all kinds of places. And then at the end of the year, you're going to Washington and, and, and you're going to be in NCYC and in New Zealand and Australia. So you're, you're busy. But tell us quickly about this, this Good Father tour with Chris Tomlin that you're in the middle of right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really great. Chris and I have been writing songs together now for over 15 years. And um, it really is this the first time we've ever toured together. Yeah, wow. And so we're playing most of the night together, playing, uh-huh. sharing songs that we've wrote, we've written together, telling stories about it. Um, it's pretty amazing that someone of kind of with his platform would would just kind of sh- <clears throat> share the stage with me. Oh, come on! It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really amazing. I mean, yeah, that's it, very cool. And actually. I think especially you know it's the 500 year anniversary of the Reformation. So yes. I've always felt that there's very significant about it that's great in terms of you know he grew up a baptist and i grew up and i'm a catholic and yeah the fact that we can stand together absolutely and proclaim jesus um to the world i think amen it it models reconciliation absolutely okay good so i hope that if people are in any of those states that i mentioned uh they can uh, look up the good father tour uh matt marr and chris tomlin um we're going to leave it there um because this is longer than it needed to be but uh, it was good stuff uh always good talking to you and uh looking forward to the next album my friend thank you so much That was singer-songwriter Matt Marr. If you missed the beginning of our conversation, remember, go to saltandlighttv.org slash radio to listen to the whole interview again. Matt's latest album is titled Echoes. You can purchase it at his website, mattmarmusic.com. Here now is Matt Marr with Clean Heart from his new album, Echoes. I woke up this morning The whole world was yelling I wish I was dreaming All that we'd been My soul has been searching for some deeper meaning I know there's a kindness that leads me to the truth When everybody's looking for another fight 
When trouble's on the rise, no end in sight Oh, Savior, won't you come and make the wrong things right Let me be the place you start Give me a clean heart We're listening to Matt Marr with Clean Heart from his new album, Echoes. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that if you tuned in late, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs for free at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where you can learn about all featured artists and guests. And remember that you can now subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast on iTunes. If you already do, log in, write us a nice review, give us lots of stars, and that would help our ratings. And we're all on Twitter if you want to reach us. Billy is at B. Joe Chan and myself, Emily Callen at Emmy Callen. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Deacon Pedro. In the next couple of weeks, we'll have Steve Angrisano, Cooper Ray, and Bob Hurd. And next week, we meet singer-songwriter Meredith Augustin. So remember to tune in. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro. And I'm Emily Callen. And this has been the, the Salt and Light, Light Hour. Hour. You, you loved those who hated you On the cross you died for me To bless those who curse you And love those who hate you You say to love my enemies Everybody's looking for another fight Their troubles on the rise don't end inside Oh, baby, won't you come and make the wrong things right? Let me be the place you start. Give me a clean heart. Give me a clean heart.